In this Guided Talks, Robert talks to Sabrina Chavanez. Sabrina is the Managing Director of Complex Creative. She started her first business in 2008 and has a wealth of experience in running companies. Having made many mistakes along the way, Sabrina is keen to help prevent others from making the same ones. She is also a professional chess player and often applies her expert knowledge and strategy skills to her business. Robert and Sabrina spend an hour discussing why there is such a lack of diversity in the creative sector. Hello and welcome to Guide to Talks and today I am absolutely delighted to have with me Sabrina from Complex Creative. Hello Sabrina, it's absolutely great to be uh, with you. Hi Robert, it's likewise great to be here. Yeah, it's good. So so we are going to tackle head on the subject, which is I'm going to get the right words so we don't, I don't mess it up. <laughs> Why is there such a lack of diversity in the creative sector? I love it because we're going to go we're going to go crack on into one of those. I guess it's kind of an elephant in a room in a way because everyone claims to talk about it and then people don't talk about it. And then the, the, the thing continues. But before we do that, could you just give us a, a bit of background who you are and who or what complex creative is and what sort of work you do and so on and so forth. Yeah, so I'm the founder of Complex Creative. We are known as the no bullshit agency. So that's uh, that's why I'm very opinionated and quite frank about how I am. But it's really, we were called that because um, we were so annoyed with the amount of clients coming to us saying that they've been ripped off by their previous agency and they've been told X, Y, Z and something sounds super complicated and it actually is only 10 minutes to do, but they were quoting like 10 grand to do it. And, you know, the usual stories, I'm sure you've heard lots of them before. Um, it, it got to us and uh, we would just tell them exactly what it was. And um, we suddenly became known as the Noble Shit Agency for that reason. But um, we are full service in that we do design development and marketing all in-house but we specialize in bespoke design and build of wordpress websites um so we're based in central london we're just on the end of brick lane in fact so we are spoiled for choice for food around here which is amazing (laughs) (laughs) yes very cool very 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 trendy as we are but um no it's a it's a it's a cool place to be in terms of office space um and we're genuinely still all in-house which is kind of rare i think post-covid i think uh all of us are still um working in the office we want to be here we we love the vibe we don't this hybrid stuff it's not really been working so generally everyone just comes in the office and just gets on with it um so it's been great and so yeah i've been doing this now god my god it's um 14th year I've been doing marketing and stuff like that. I feel super old and saying that. So uh, it's been a while. Um, and yeah, I think that I definitely have seen a lack of diversity across every kind of spectrum of it. Um, and I've been doing it a while now. And I've, as you said, that's an elephant in the room. I'm, I'm known to bring up topics that people don't like talking about or feel uncomfortable talking about. I might bring it on. I will have that conversation. So here I am talking about it now perfect okay so before we before we go on to the diversity thing just the 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 no bullshit tagline which i loved um did that was it hey we're going to run an agency and we're going to be a no bullshit agency or was it we're running an agency and everyone keeps telling us we're we're not full of bullshit which way which which way round did it actually come because it's a great tagline it's it's the second so we actually um we actually, because the agency that I first started was in 2013, and we were called the most generic 
name ever. We were called London Creative Designs. I was like, I went for the whole SEA factor. And I was like, you know, it was like, we do exactly what it says on the tin, right? So it was like the most, it was the most generic thing. And we got like, it did work for SEA. We got loads of people coming to the website and everything like that. But the problem is they weren't really, they weren't, you know, they were from all different sort of sectors and industries and, and they just, they, it was difficult to be able to filter out who were the right um, clients for us. And like I said, the more we started to deal with people, they they all were just like, we just love your no bullshit approach. Like you just don't say how it is. And, you know, you won't try to sugarcoat things. And, you know, so it just came to us all the time. And then we just got so annoyed with stuff that when we decided to rebrand about two and a half years ago now, um, we decided that was our tagline because we heard it so much. And, um, and actually, Again, it's become such a big thing now that I started my own podcast, and that's called No Bullshit Talks. So it's like everything is a, a, is is kind of surrounding that. We heard it so much that we just kind of fell into it. I think that's what happens, you know. When you start out in business, you kind of try and be everything to everyone, which never ever works. And it took me a long time to realize that. And so gradually, we found our kind of um, our angle. So the, so the no bullshit thing. Can you just give me a, a couple of quick examples of? No bullshit versus bullshit. If that makes sense. <laughs> um, okay, so I think I think in terms of in a general picture as well, you know how a client would come to an agency with a brief, and they'd be like, "This is the brief. This is what I want to do, and this is when I need it by, and this is how much we've got to do it." And most agencies, and I think I'm right to say most agencies will do this. Most agencies will take that brief and be like, "Okay, yeah, we can do this. This is how much it's going to cost, and this is how long it's going to take." And they'll just assume that the company knows what they're doing. <laughs> Whereas most of the time that isn't right. Most of the time the company doesn't know what they're doing and they think they do, or they're copying the competitor. And so we'll actually end up taking that brief and be like, okay, so we can do this, but we think this is a load of crap. Like what you actually need is this. And, you know, we'll actually go that step further. So we'll, we'll in some ways we'll create a proposal based on their brief, but we'll break it down and say, look, actually we don't think you need this we think this will be a mistake what you actually need is this and we'll actually then rewrite their brief to what it should be based on who they are and their goals so that's like i think one of the biggest things straight away off the bat um the main thing is the whole lack of intimidating intimidating jargon that most people do so i feel like especially when it comes to dev it's a load of stuff that people don't understand but oh yeah so to do that you need all these these crazy things that apparently are necessary and will cost like an extra several thousand pounds to do because it's so complicated. And we'll just be like, no, that's not what it is. Um, this is what it is. And we'll explain why. So we'll actually educate our clients along the way. So we'll explain to them why we've done that, how it's done, and and just kind of give them a layperson's guide to actually our job. And a lot of agencies would think that that's um, a bad thing in a business sense. They think that we're giving away too much and we're, you know, we're, we're letting them be able to understand what we do and the secrets behind our trade and and that you know they're gonna go away and do it themselves but i'm just like well no that's not exactly what happens at all like that what that does is builds up trust to show that what we're yeah. doing we're transparent and um yes they'll understand it more but that's even better because when i try to explain it to them or come up with a new strategy they actually get what we're talking about so actually you just get better results from them um and most of the time these companies don't have the time to do it themselves even if they do understand how to do it now they're still going to come back mm. to us because we do it better and quicker and it's just like so and they trust us for it so for me from a business perspective it it's been brilliant and i think that you know that's why we have so many clients just come back to us 
over and over again. And that's the reason why we were able to survive the pandemic. We rebranded just before it, which was the worst timing. We obviously didn't know. Um, so it was the, we rebranded just before it and it was it was difficult. But the reason we were able to survive is because we had all our old clients just come back to us um, without even thinking about it. They, they, just, they all just come back to us and not even look, look anywhere else because they trust us. And I think that's really important. Um, so that's, I think, the main areas of the no bullshit is that we will just be really open and transparent with them about what exactly work we're doing, how long it is. And our timesheets usually come back quicker than what we've quoted for. So say for jobs, I'll say, oh, it takes five to six hours. I'll send a timesheet for three and a half. And they'll be like, that's weird. <laughs> like, they won't expect that. We'll come in yeah. under budget. And um, that's very rare, I think, in the agency world. And uh, that's that's where the no bullshit comes from. Yeah, and I think, and I think, Part of the problem is everyone says they're open, honest, and transparent, and what they're not is open, yeah, exactly. honest, and transparent. You know, and it's like, and I, I, I just find it. I, you know, if, you, I, I, yeah, if you're going to say it, then then do it because then it's on the tin, and then people know what to trust. And I and I think you're absolutely right that people are just. I think the agency world doesn't understand how fed up clients are with agencies, kind of just. Giving, giving it that and thinking either I can wear a blue Versace, sorry, black Versace jumper and people will believe what I'm saying or, or at a lower level say I can make I can make this sound incredibly complicated and, and that'll impress the client and in fact it doesn't yeah, it just exactly. just turns off the client because you, you, you one demonstrates one's inability to talk to human beings while you're going down code speak it's like it's already simple you know I want I want a site that can do this I think it should cost this. Can you do it? Yeah, you can. I mean, you don't. Anyhow, good. We're and, on the same page. Yeah, and I and I think marketing agencies do the same thing because they have that like you know a three minimum three month or six month clause, right? And they're like, okay, great. So I just need to talk enough crap to get them to sign the contract, and I milk six months of money out of them. It doesn't matter if I do a good job because I'll move on. But I've got six months of contract, and that's that's what I've noticed a lot of it because we take over a lot of marketing contracts and people, and they're just like, oh, so these are the results that we got from spending 50 grand over the last six months with this agency. And I'm like, what? And it's just kind of crazy. And they don't, they didn't even try. They were just like, oh, but your, your traffic's gone up a little bit. Well, it's going to go up a little bit anyway, from like, just being online. But you know, they, they, that would be their justification for actually doing a job. And it's kind of crazy. And I'm, but I, again, that to me, that says a lot about their ethics and morals. Like they are mm. happy to do that. And they don't, they don't take pride in what they do. Like, cause most people I would like to think that, you know, you get hired to do a job and you work really hard to produce good results and that's what you want to do. But they, they're happy to kind of be subpar and take the money and be like, okay, move on to the next person. And that's what I've seen too many times. I'm going to have to interrupt. I mean, do you think that's also the case for <laughs> like small independent agencies? Cause surely, I mean, the majority of, agency folk that you know one comes across a networking or whatever it is they they would be they would be really upset if 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 they were being tarred with that brush so to speak oh, i mean really? i'm happy to tar lots of people with that brush <laughs> I, mean, we've, uh, uh, <laughs> no thing. I mean like obviously i i'm in i'm in loads of um, agency networks and there's some fantastic agencies and i'm not saying they're all bad obviously but i've met a few who are horrendous and you know it's it's really sad to see like we've again we've taken over a client um recently from another agency and I, i'm well aware who that agency are and first of all they yeah. they lied about this agency they said they had a big team of people when it was just two of them and they tried to outsource everything abroad and you know fine and I, you know a lot of people will just be like 
if if you say it's just the two of us in the office and we outsource things, people are actually okay with that as long as you're doing a good job. Just be open and honest about it. And then I've looked at all the tickets I've actually done, and it would be like they'd have some ridiculous things. But roughly, we've gone through and done some of the things that they've quoted for. And it's been an average of about 42 times quicker than we've done it than they've quoted for. And it's just, that's astronomical. That's just, that's, they've obviously just lied about stuff all the time. And it's just, um, it's horrible. And they were, they were calling yeah. these clients for ages and the clients are just can't wait mm -hmm. to get out of the contracts. And it's, and, and I've seen this and this is like, these are, and I've had this before because we've, when we've been swamped, we've tried to like, reach out to other agencies and network and I've got other agency friends who are doing the same thing at the moment and we're being we're being let down by agencies who are promising yeah. the world and doing this stuff and 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 I'm just like these guys have got good reputations like how is this possible I don't understand it so but I think they just don't really seem to care because there's so much yeah. work out there that they just think okay it doesn't matter I'll just I'll screw yeah. that one over I, mean, I think that's so two really quick examples from me one was kind of a friend of a friend and she said oh we're getting really lost we've, we've done all this digital stuff can you come and look and I said well no because I think it's too late but I'll come and have a cup of coffee with you they had a redundancy payment of 100,000 quid and they went to a web designer a graphics artist a social media person and um, someone else yeah and they each took 25,000 quid for the privilege of designing something on 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 a, a a premise which was which could never work like you just looked at it and said so for this to actually work you need to sell this many units it's never going to happen it's just like and you've got no traction it's like it's like you should have been told not to do it everyone was happy to take their twenty five thousand quid quid for their brand design web design blah 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 nobody actually said actually I think you're wasting your time, lady. You really need to be doing something else. And and she was a hundred thousand pounds down. And she said to me, "I've got no one's. The website just launched yesterday, and no one's visited it." And it's like, well, <laughs> they're not going to because you're not solving a problem anyone wants solving. And even if and even if that is a problem that people have, the solution you had is 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 of no use. So, and the other one was we we were pulled in to do some work for a significant mobile phone operator. We quoted, I think, 23,000 quid to do a big piece of research. Lots and 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 lots. We got kicked out of the office when we gave them the result. It was that thing that, do we tell the client the truth or not? We tell the client the truth and we get and we get kicked out. We told the client the truth, your product's rubbish. We got kicked out. They then We then went, they then went to one of the big consultancies who spent, they spent three and a half million quid with them and they got the same result. And they came back to us and then said, you know what, you were actually right, which is a decent thing to do. But I mean, this happens all the time, you know, that, that people don't, they don't value opinion, they don't listen, or alternatively, despicable people um, will, you know, will, will just take money from people irrespective of who they are and what they're, anyhow, enough morality. Let's talk about the subject at hand. Um, it's this weird that everyone talks about diversity. Everyone, well, we're very, 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 very diverse. It's <laughs> interesting because we've got seven white men on the stage, you know, like <laughs> we're, we're incredibly diverse. But when I look at your website, nobody in the board is is anything but a but but male and aged 40 and university educated, possibly Oxbridge. And... So, 
so I guess how do you how do you how do you see the lack of diversity rolling out how what do you see happening and why do you see it as a problem let's start off there so what do you mean first start do you mean like why why is there such a lack of diversity is that what you want to know why that's a good I think start that's, yeah okay so i i guess i think that um i guess historically it's always been you know i guess a, a white male industry um dominating industry i guess if you take mad men on tv for example i don't know if you've seen it but you know it's a it's obviously portrayed in that same sort of way and the character that elizabeth moss, moss played obviously she worked her absolute arse off to get into that world and you know do quite well but she was an anomaly um and look all the women there were just secretaries that obviously the men slept with every day like you know that was that was the kind of culture right that was the dynamics of it and i feel like that there is that history of it and so i do feel that there is you know a lot of nepotism in the creative industry too like so i feel like again you you get into it if you've got parents or other people who have inspired to be in it so naturally if several years ago the whole industry was white and male then it's not really going to be that diverse um several years later i also think that take lots of immigrant families um so my my mum's from my mum's chinese and my dad's jamaican so they both were born in their respective countries and came to the uk god knows how many years ago but they've been in the uk um 45 50 years something like that 50 years i think so uh for both of them and you know when they came to the uk they've got very traditional approach and and obviously as well bringing up uh, i think children of color in in a like you know a very in a british country they want their children to do really well so they're they very traditional in that sense of like, oh you must go and be xyz you must go to university you have to get good grades become, and an that's really, really become a lawyer become a doctor exactly exactly one of those three definitely um, um and that's it and i think that that's um that's what everyone would expect from people of color that's generally what i've seen um and and so then therefore if you were to say oh i'm gonna go become a graphic designer I'm like what on earth for like i think like first of all they wouldn't even know what that is because again their the generation that wasn't really a thing a lot of the skills in the creative industry are quite modern skills so it's not like those those jobs even existed when they were around so it wouldn't even make sense and so naturally from their in their influence it would um it would pass on to us to go and do one of the more traditional kind of careers. Like I started off, I went to medical school. Both of my brothers are doctors. That's that's kind of what we went into. Like we were that was that was normal. Um and then when I when I kind of started my own company when I was at uni, that was really bizarre. They didn't really understand it. They didn't understand what, what I was doing or why I was doing it. It was a phase, let me get on with it and I'll just become a doctor later. Um but it was um I think that's also an issue. I think um, another another thing that I've noticed is that in lots of people of colour, they they feel that in order to get somewhere in the world, you need to be like twice as good as everyone else, right? That's 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 generally the thing that people think of. That if you want to to be successful in that same position, you have to be twice as good as the next person to prove that you are actually good. Um, and I think that a lot of people don't see anyone that successful um in the creative industry who are higher up or haven't done in the past and so never thought it was possible to even get 
get to that position. I know that that was even the case when um, I was considering doing law. A lot of people said to me, oh, you know, in law that, you know, black females do not do well. I mean, females don't do that well. Black people don't do that well. So you would doubly have a terrible time to go, don't be a lawyer. That's what they said. They're like, have you ever seen a black female judge? Like, that's never going to happen. So that was kind of the thing when I was, when I was, I was in A-levels deciding what to do. Um, and I can imagine that that was the case. And I never even considered a, a career in creative. I didn't think that it was a career. I thought it was just a skill and a hobby. Like even then I still didn't like, didn't understand it. Like I, I was always playing around with Photoshop. I loved it. Um, you know, that was something I did at school, like, you know, and it was, you know, I think that I never saw it as an actual career. I, it was never drilled into me. That was a career. Like I said, from, from my whole upbringing, everyone in my family is either doctor, like a professor, lawyer like you know that a normal career path like you said like you go to university you do a degree and that turns into a job like even no one even did stuff like politics or like history or something like a subject that you know could lead into something else like even that was too up in the air and you know you, it's, it's too much there's no there's no clear path like everything everyone did something with a clear path really um i think my cousin was the first person who didn't and everyone was sort of like oh it's a bit odd um but he did really well from it and um you know he's still doing really well but like i think i'm definitely one of the first who's actually gone and done my own business and and done this by myself and so it's been a bit of a strange thing uh but people still don't understand it and i think maybe that's what i found from other speaking to other people um like people of color who have tried to start their own business that's generally what it is is that parents don't agree with it or they've never tried to do it because they feel like the parents won't approve um and that's probably a lot of the reasons why there is that lack of diversity and how does that lack of diversity impact on on the agencies the type of work they do the work they do for clients what's what's what, how, how do you see that um in my in my opinion i see it as then there's a lack of diversity of, of actual creative out there like you know you, you you look at you look at some sites and it's like it's really bad at some sites you think that's clearly done by X agency because they don't really have any diversity. You can see that from their portfolio, their sites are really similar. Like they just don't have that much creativity. And if you have people from all the same demographic within your agency, they're probably all going to, you know, like I said, from the same background, they're going to be into the same sort of things. We're going to be looking at this. There's, 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 there's just not that much variety within the agency anyway to be able to come up and brainstorm different things. So they may all watch the same programs. They may all like the same books. They may watch the same fashion things. Like, you know, that sort of stuff. And it, it's, I think that's where diversity comes in. Like, I know that there's so much focus on DI at the moment. And I think people are sort of thinking it has to be, oh, well, you have to handpick like one black one white one asian like you know like female female like you know lgbtq or people feel like you have to do this to have this big pot and and therefore we've ticked all the boxes and therefore we're diverse but then i'm like okay so what does that diversity mean to you like why is that important and then that's what i think people are missing that point i think it's so important because otherwise you know you're creating the same campaigns and there is there was no like bigger picture like look how many stupid marketing or advertising mistakes there have been in the past like the really bad fails and people are like how did that pass quality check i don't understand how like like you know some of those really silly ones where they're, like, they're clearly like racist or they're clearly like bigoted in some way i'm like how did no one look at that and see that from that point of view but the, the only reason that is possible is that if every person in the agency just thinks the same way, 
because like how have they not seen it from the other perspective i think that's the point what i'm trying to get at like diversity doesn't have to be about gender or race or sexuality like it's mentioned but it could just be a diverse way of thinking as well like because i think that that's what's required is someone to bring a fresher outlook on on a different campaign and that's what creativity is all about it's about thinking differently as well like you know you have to i think you know it's about creative all the time people just think oh that just means physically creating something like making it look nice and they go okay so actually i need a creative person to help me make this campaign and then the brief is oh i want you to copy my competitor and that is the opposite of creativity like that is you're literally just giving someone a brief telling them exactly what to do and you're actually copying something that's already out there you're not creating anything at all by definition and i think that's where people are, are missing the point like um diversity and creativity is absolutely essential if you want to stay creative and innovative that's just that's just how it is so is it so is it that there's yeah i mean 30 the last 30 40 years a, a lot has changed the television the television that was on when i was a kid you know half half of it was not allowed on now you know and half and half half the djs and comedians are in prison or been locked away you know so <laughs> so the world the world has changed you know and and what's acceptable and what's not acceptable has changed but but i guess one would have expected more one would have expected the creative industries to be more up to speed in recognizing that it needed diversity than than anywhere else it seems like ironic that that the one place where you would expect to see diversity is is a place where still there's lots of tokenism going on you know lots of you get lots of work with the token black woman you know on the left hand side looking over the shoulder of the white man holding the piece of paper or mar- you know there's lots of kind of tokenism going on um and it seems to be that, that very often in in so, so the diversity in the work that's done is kind of feels often that it's again ticking boxes rather than genuinely this is a bunch of people who work at a wherever it is or here's a bunch of people going out for a drink it seems to be or, I'm just trying to get my head around that. Or is this just a London thing? Because if you took a photo in a in a London pub, you're going to get a very, very different picture from if you... So I'm in, I'm in Bath, okay? You take a photo in a Bath pub, you know, they'll all be kind of... Oh, we support Bath rugby, yeah, 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 yeah. It'll be a very different ten faces from the ten faces in, in a London pub. I'm just wondering whether it's a London thing or... or I think that... Um... But that's also really important. Take if you had an agency in Bath, they are mainly going to be, like you said, you know, the white middle class into their ruggers. And that is what is going to be. Lots of assumptions going on here, but yeah. (laughs) I I mean, I I had a housemate who from Bath and um, I lived with her. She wasn't racist at all, but she she said to me, she was like, oh, you're the first black person I've ever met. And she was like 25 and she said that to me and she was like, oh, this is is incredible. But she wasn't wasn't at all, (laughs) like, you know, rude about it she just that was just what she was saying and she's like oh she's asking me all these questions like fascinated so i was like it's really bizarre but she just never met a black person before and you know she's she's lived in bath but she moved to london and she was like oh and we were living in streatham and she's like there were so many black people around here she's like i'm a bit scared they might mug me and that's what she said I and mean, she again she didn't mean it in the most she, she wasn't mm. like that if you see what i mean it was just like that kind of accidental racism based on stereotype and she was nervous and didn't know about it and so i think there's a difference between that sort of thing so she was saying the same sort of thing so if you were to have um, 
a company in Bath or whatever where it is predominantly white. That's not their fault that it, like you said, in that sense. And I feel like, I feel like I don't want it to be the other way around. So at the moment, there's so much criticism. Like there's so many things, what, you know, Marks and Spence had to rename their suites because they couldn't call it Midget Gems. Um, so they had to call it Mini Gems. And there's like a, a road in Yorkshire or something, I think it was called like Darky Alley or something. And that was deemed racist. I had to change it. Like that's just too much. I feel like there's like, there's no like, like malintention there at all. Like that's just, you know, a, a name, and it's not really causing a problem. So, like, take You're this. Not part... Bristol, obviously. <laughs> well, I mean, like, it's just, it's all. Just In a way, like, well, they've, they, I mean, they've got White Ladies Road and they've got Black Boy Hill. I mean, it's still quite... <laughs> but like, but anyhow, I mean, it's yeah. not like it's not like on those modes that only one demographic lives. So it's, yeah, it's a little bit different if that was the case. So, but I think, like, you know, um, take this a, a bath agency. Say if it was all white and all male, yeah. right? I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that in, in general. I don't think there's anything wrong with the fact that they've done that. I don't think that means that agency is racist or sexist at all. I just think that they've just happened to hire people that they get on with. And they just, and again, naturally, you get on with people who are from the similar background to you and have the same interests. And that's just what happens. What I think the reason for the diversity there is so that you can do a good job. So say take those, say, let's say I'm making this up. Eight lads came from university. They all became friends. They decided to create an agency together. They're all probably, say, 25 to 30, white, middle-class, male, into their rugby, likes to go skiing in, in, the, in March. Whatever. I'm, I'm being really, really, like, really generalised. It sounds horrible. It sounds horrible. <laughs> but I'm sure something exists like that. Like, say if that does happen. Yeah. They're probably really good at their job, right? You know, they probably had a great upbringing, so they probably, you know, you know, did, did well, good at school, mate, straight A's, brilliant students, right, whatever. Probably really, really good at their job. And they probably can produce some fantastic campaigns and everything like that. Where I think the issue then lies is, say if they try to, like, pitch for, uh, say if they had a, a, a female brand or something like, so for example, you know, we, we, we get a lot of female brands come to us for obvious reasons. But, you know, say if it was about women's, problems or fertility issues or menopausal yeah. issues or whatever like that sort yeah. of thing none of them can relate like none of them they'll, they could be empathetic they could be very intelligent about it and they could be do their research and read but none of them will truly get it if you see what i mean yeah. and it will be really hard for them to to produce the best possible work because they won't understand it but if they had one member of their team who fit into that demographic they could then really truly relate their feelings onto the teams and, and team members and they would then be able to produce better content or, or whatever from it and i think that's the that's the importance of diversity diversity um and again it doesn't have to be diverse in terms of those demographics we talked about it could be in, in terms of class or like you know interests so you know if you have a brand that comes to you and their target audience is actually the, the working class um how many agency owners would relate to that it's, you're not going to have that, and so you're not just gonna, you're just not going to produce as good a work as you could have done, unless you have someone employed in your team who came from a working class background. Maybe their parents, you know, didn't that's, have much money. That's or also the, that's... surely that's also the fault of the client for for not going. Oh, this is interesting. They're they're all they're all wearing Bath rugby tops. <laughs> yeah, but maybe the CEO was also from Bath and, and was into the rugby, but the rest of the team weren't. That's the problem, and that and that's yeah. we've had that problem before in the past where 
the marketing managers really like us and then the CEOs don't like us because they're just different demographics and that sort of thing as well. And, and they will always go with someone that they think they can relate to and they can talk to and in, their meetings might be interesting with. And I think that's the problem. I don't think there's also... I think even the selection process, you said it is the fault of the client. Sometimes it's not the fault of the agency. And and maybe that's where the whole niching thing comes into play and that, that Bath rugby team agency probably shouldn't be pitching for work like that. And they understand that and they might not do. I'm obviously showing a very extreme example, but it also shows a case of where the clients aren't picking the right agencies for, the, for that work. They yeah, should really be looking at who is in the team and how they can relate and understand their brand. And whilst, you know... But everyone, I but everyone like, the thing is, everyone... So I work with an 80 person agency who i said to you in the call before who i think they've got you know one one white man over the age of 40 and i think three or four other white guys and everyone else is uh either either female and and or um of 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 color and 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 that's kind of not deliberate that's actually mainly geographical because of where they are in london and and, and and there's a very large Asian community there, but they discovered, you know, that all the people who had the brains to become a doctor or an accountant or a lawyer who couldn't bear the idea of doing that were awesome at, at running, at working in, in, digi in digital space. So you've got these incredibly bright, incredibly bright 25 and 28-year-old people who with brains like this, who are just doing bloody awesome work. And, and... You know, the, in some senses, the, the the client should be looking, I guess, for diverse agencies if, if that if that's a requirement. My point is, sorry, I'm rambling, but my point is that everyone claims to be diverse. Everyone yeah. has that photo of throwing the ball in the air and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and they, and they push they push the, the females and the people of colour to the front, you know, and the old white guys stay at the back. And everyone claims, you know, our values, open, honest, transparent, you know, where we started off, you know, we believe, share, value, blah, 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 blah. And, my, and I guess my point is some do, but I think many, many don't. And it's like, yeah. it's like, uh, so we're back, we're back to Seth Godin's, all marketers are liars, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's and, like... and, and that's, that's pretty true. Like, it's actually really bad. And I, I'm, that's, again, the whole no bullshit thing. And that's what people say to me. When they interview me, they go, oh, I've never met a marketer so honest as you are. Like, and then that's the thing, because it is true. And I get this a lot with like, you know, the type of posts that I write on LinkedIn and people saying, no, you need to be more marketing about it. Like you're too open and, and, and honest about it. Like you're, you're, you shouldn't be saying that stuff. And it's a, it's a common thing that I get told a lot. And, um, and, and unfortunately, marketing is that. In some ways, if you were to define marketing, it's basically... It is lying in a way. It's like you, you are framing something in a certain way. But I've, that's where I don't like it. I don't ever want to have to lie for a client. I don't think that's ever the right strategy. I think you can definitely positively frame things. That's different. But like, you know, having to straight out lie, that's just wrong. But I do think that there is that thing in agency world um, where in, 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 I say even take, take an agency, you're going for a pitch, like you're saying. And I said that I think that the right thing to do with clients is to look at the team of who you're working with and understand to see yeah. how they will fit your brief. But then you'll get agencies now who handpick people who'd fit that brief and ask them to come pitch as part of the team. 
And again, that's also dishonest, in my opinion. You could say these people are contractors and I work with them, but they will, they'll pitch them as part of a team and they'll try to pick a diverse team saying these are the people who understand it and it just happens to be perfect for your brief. And it's a whole game in that sense. So there is a whole thing of that and it's just, it keeps going around. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and, and I think, um, so, so, so what are you saying? Are you saying that there should just be more diverse? generally more diversity and people just be more honest about it or are you saying that non or relatively non-diverse agencies shouldn't be pitching for work that's not related to them or I mean, what's your where are you coming and from so, and so i just want to clarify as well when i say diverse it doesn't mean they have a whole agency of women and, and people of colour, because then it's by definition not diverse, because you do need the white males in there, otherwise you just, because then it's suddenly you go backwards and it's just not the, it's, so when I say, exactly, so when I say diverse, I mean truly diverse. I mean, the ideal, any company, not just agency work, any company, yeah. if I feel like you need to have people of all races, genders, religions, like sexuality, just so that you understand what it's like. For other, and I think that, also just from a cultural perspective in our team for example we have all these like you know random conversations in the office and you learn stuff about other people and they're like they come up with stories about what it's like in their religion or their culture or even as a life as a bisexual male like what's that's like they're, they come up with stuff and and the rest of the team is just educated and the rest of the team sort of has their eyes open to what it's like in that and i feel like just having that really diverse culture um, is just healthy for everyone to learn about what it's like and just the empathy that you can get for other people. I think that's really important. And that's why I think diversity is important. I'm not saying that you shouldn't necessarily pitch for um, projects that you don't, that you know, that you don't relate to. But I do think that from a client perspective, it's, it's, it's not the agency's fault because they want work and they want money, right? So it's really the client's fault. But I think from an agency perspective, um, client's perspective, they should really be picking agencies who, who can relate to it. So there's a reason why we get tons of fashion and beauty and like wellness women's stuff that comes to us because there aren't that many female led agencies who also can build the website and et cetera and actually get to you. And the amount of times I have a call with someone and they're like, oh my God, you're the first agency who's actually asked me that question. And I don't know why no one's ever asked that. And I'm just like, it's really obvious. But to me, it's obvious. But to the next person, it may not be obvious just because I get it. And like vice versa, if I'm on a client call, I might not understand something else. It's the same thing because I just don't, I just don't have that mindset. And I think that's where diversity is really important because you can, and then around a table, if you have like a whole table brainstorming something, and if you have people from all different walks of life, um, then the questions that you can bring up about that brand, you'll be able to like discover so much yeah. more about it and and be aware of so many more competitors and and all that sort of stuff and, and i just think it just changes everything um so that's the reason why i think diversity is so important when it comes to marketing just from to get a much more holistic view of, of everything and actually find out more about what's relevant to your brand and your argument would be therefore that that with a more diverse agency you're able to deliver uh, content which is going to be better received and will be more more rounded. Yeah, I, I think that. And I think there'll be fewer mistakes as well from the perspective of... Yeah. Like, so, I mean, I've actually also written... A, I wrote a social media post last year 
for Black History Month. Mm. And two members of my team personally texted me asking me to take it down. And I was like, wow. Um, I wrote a post basically, um, so every, every, like, you know, throughout the month, we, we did a dedication on um, different prominent figures in Black, in, in black mm. History. So I wrote one on Harriet Tubman. And I wrote something about the line, along the lines of, um, you know, what she's, what she's done is incredible. Um, you know, if it wasn't for her, then, you know, most black people would still be slaves. And I was like, and I certainly wouldn't be still running an agency right now. Um, um, I certainly wouldn't be in that position. So I'm very, very thankful for all the work that she's done um, in history, um, blah, blah, some of that on those lines. But two white members of my team said they weren't comfortable with that wording because they were saying that as team members, I think it was written in like we, and it was like our director or whatever, they felt like that it would sound like, say if someone thought that they wrote it, it they thought mm-hmm. it would sound racist or something. And they didn't like it. But I didn't think of that because I just didn't think of that. And I still mm-hmm. think about, I still look at it now and think, I don't understand how that could be portrayed as racist or bad. It was only complimentary, it was only, but again, I have to take other people's feelings into consideration. And for me, who's not white, I didn't understand why people would be, but they didn't, they both on separate, separately, privately messaged me saying, please, can you remove that? I don't like, I don't feel comfortable with it. And so, you know, there's, that's the other thing, like, you know, from, from, from the flip reverse of that, I, I didn't understand that. And I, could have done with a voice of like, and, and that was them helping me. So therefore, you see that was, and that was a white female and a white male. So they were they were different, um, but they both didn't feel comfortable with it. Um, but like I said, from from just from a rounded perspective, having people's different views, and and okay, there's obviously some some argument for too many cooks and all that stuff. And if you have like a, a million different people around a table, you're mm. going to have a million mm. different um, opinions, and you're not going to satisfy all of them. But at least you can consider a well-rounded view of, of a situation rather than just one perspective. And I think if you have different demographics provi- providing their perspective on a situation, you're less likely going to miss certain of those big errors that people have made, those big marketing boobies that people talk about um, and have to, like, kind of make up for it. So, And, and, and to just, just, again, just to flip it around again, there is, you know, I, I would, would argue you an advantage of of being this is where I put my size 12 well is on of being in a minority and as much as because there aren't many women and because there aren't many people of color in the industry you stand out for want of a better word and that that should be could be and I think probably is is to your advantage because it's like oh there she is that that's Sabrina. I've met her before in a room full of beige men. So, yeah. so there's, there is, there isn't, there isn't an, an upside to, to, to your position. Maybe, maybe. I think you're right in that. I definitely stand out, but it may not be for a good reason. Like I think that, for example, in the agency world, I'm known as the loud, opinionated one. And well, that's because I am loud and opinionated because I pretty much am. But also then it could be like a negative 
connotation too because they'll be like oh well lots of black women are loud and you know opinionated and that's how they are so they'll stereotype it and you know then if i get angry about something they, they call me the angry black woman and so it can also backfire um so you know whilst it could be a good thing it could be a fantastic thing like i could should you should be able to use diversity to my advantage like you said there's not many how many black female agency owners do you know there's going to be very few and you know i could perhaps even go into a pitch saying that and i, I could offer a diverse perspective i've not tried doing that to be honest but i think yeah. that what what i've noticed is um you know again um generally when we've lost pitches the marketing managers have generally got on well, really well with us. And they've generally been female. And then when it comes to the ultimate decisions, the male CEOs don't relate to us. And every time I've looked at who's then won that pitch, it's always an agency that's very white male driven. Whether that's a coincidence or not, I don't know, but that's what's happened. And it's, it's, I think, again, it's just who you relate to. It might not be, and it's not everyone, don't get me wrong. Some people will be like, who I am and what I have to say, and obviously, otherwise, I wouldn't be here. Mm. Otherwise, um, but you know, I think that that's happened a lot. And again, it's just because if they are white male in their forties, then they're probably going to relate to someone else who's white and male in their forties. That's just how it is. Um, and likewise, if I have if I have someone come to me who's a, a, a mixed race woman in their thirties, is into the same stuff as mm. me, and is on a pitch. I'm probably going to collect with her more. I probably stand more chance to do it. So it could go the other way. But it's just, again, there's that fewer black females running their own businesses out there. So therefore, again, I have that disadvantage in that sense. But um, but you never know. That, oh, there might be more people who are looking for a diverse look on things. And, and, a glass um, half full, and... glass half empty, isn't it? <laughs> yes, uh, definitely. Look, time is just zapped by. Um, <laughs> I have... I have, two, I have two final questions for you. So the first yeah. one, the first one is, is what is what do you want people to take away from this interview? So I'll, I'll give you that. Give a little think about that. So the first one is what what do you want people to take away from this interview? Because there is some messaging going on here. And the second question, which you can come to after that, is uh, what is, what are those words that you endlessly seem to be saying to people? What are those? those golden nuggets that you seem to say to agents, people running agencies all the time that, that you, you can't not necessarily tire of, but like you go, if I were you, I'd do that when people ask you about growing an agency. So, so what, what do you, what do you see as the key takeaways from this, from this conversation? It's been um, absolutely fascinating. I, yeah. I think there's two perspectives, one from the like employee and one from employer, so, so to speak. So I guess like the employee perspective is that if you are a person of color, um, or you're in a minority of some kind, whether that's, again, like sexuality, whatever it is, um, and you feel intimidated or you feel like you can't make it in the creative world, I'd say that's changing. And um, yeah. you need to just, you need to follow, if you're really passionate about creativity and you're whatever, whichever field it is, then go for it. Um, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, you know, um, you will find someone who isn't bigoted and someone who will support you. And there are so many amazing people. Obviously, I've talked about the negative side of things, but there are the creative the creative world 
is so supportive in general. Like there are so many incredible people out there. Like agencies might be seen as competitors, but they're really supportive of each other still. They'll be, they'll have each other's yeah. back and there will always be someone out there who will take you under their wing and support you and teach you until you can become, you know, successful in your industry. So don't be put off by any of the negative stuff that you've faced or any sort of racism, sexism, any of that sort of mm -hmm. stuff that you face, because you will face that in whatever industry you go into. Um, that's just unfortunately life and unfortunately there are still lots of scumbags out there who still judge people from for whatever reason they they do um and there's nothing you can ever do about those people but what you need to do is find the people who aren't like that the, the amazing people who will support you um, and then yeah. there are people out there and the creative world is full of filled with them um and so just surrounding yourself by those people you'll you'll be you'll be good um so that's that's the first thing from that perspective from agency perspective i'd say that my my takeaway message is the fact that try not to see DEI as just another thing that you have to do as an agency owner. Because it's stressful as an agency owner that you have all these things that you have to think about. Like finding clients, finding staff already is kind of two things that you know we have to, we have to find. But then there's all this stuff now about sustainability, it's another buzzword, you know, wellness, like you know, team morale and mental health. It's like there's always a new thing every day like, that you have to worry about. That's a trending thing, you know, and it's just like, it's stressful. And DEI is one of those things. Like, oh my God, and they look around and like you said, they've accidentally built their team and they're like, my entire agency is white. Oh my God, what do I do? Am I racist? Like, and, and, and I'm like, no, that's fine. Like, that's absolutely fine. Don't stress about it. But then what I'm trying to say is realize the advantages of diversity. Don't see it as just another annoying thing that you need to do want to get that diverse team in because it will do wonders for your business and it will actually open up your eyes and your client and, and, and produce better client work and it'll just be a, a much more fun environment having more cultures in your team you'll learn more you'll just it, it's just amazing things so I would just want agency owners to realize that DEI shouldn't be something to be scared of and see it as another annoying thing that you have to do but actually it's a wonderful thing that you can now take advantage of because again from the first point there are more people coming into the industry it is becoming more diverse it's like now more than ever you've got the opportunity to have more women and more people of color and everyone in the industry so it's great take advantage of that and take advantage of what they can do um so that's what those will be my takeaway key messages i'd say from from both perspective and then finally just what are your what are your golden nuggets or the things you seem to be you, you find yourself saying to other agency owners or when people come to you and ask you about setting up an agency what are the sort of things you you find yourself saying to them is it put up prices or whatever i mean i'd just be curious to know about what your what your kind of general sort of uh well-worn phrases are um staff a lot of stuff comes from staff is like uh when to hire new staff or like you know what do i look for in new staff um mm. the question of do i go junior train them up or go senior straight away but obviously like there's pros and cons of both that's a common thing um i get that a lot and i would say for me regardless of what level they're at it, they have to absolutely I know people say I hire culture first and all stuff. I always have done, but I think that's a cliche term as well. What I'd say is more important than anything, and I've even gone through this recently. I've I've gone through a bit of a firing session with my team because it's values for me. It's um ethics of values. If they don't have that right 
if you, you should have everyone that has all these company values on the face of things they put it on their website it's a whole thing that people do but how many people actually do the whole employee values how many people yeah. do the internal things i don't think as many people do and i think that's so important is is what are the values of the staff that you want surrounded by you in your team um because i think that a lot of people hire people because they're desperate to get them in but then think about it say if you landed your ideal client everyone's got that target client an ideal client they want to land or whatever imagine they turn around and go i'd like to do that i need your entire team do you feel confident that all of your team would reflect you well and do a good job and all that sort of stuff and a lot of people go actually no when i ask that question most people say no i'm actually not i was thinking each of those team members who you are worried about who won't reflect your company well or won't do a good job or let you down you need to get rid of them essentially or train them up depending on how bad it is um and only hire the people who can so for me staff is a big thing um i guess the biggest thing me personally is because like i said i'm very vocal about when things go wrong <laughs> i'm very vocal about it i'll put it on linkedin and i'm like okay so this crap happened to me <laughs> this sucked like why do i run away own business it's horrible it's stressful and it's like you know a nightmare and so but every time something bad happened i always find a lesson to learn from it and yeah. and and how i can stop this happening again there's always there's always some sort of positive that comes from it i think the question that people always ask me is how do i survive <laughs> like how do you how do you get through all these bad points and how do you keep going like when do you think oh actually this is really bad i need to give up and i think for me it's because um i always like when it got really really bad i think i rock bottom when i felt like i was like i couldn't take it anymore i sat there and thought right if i had all the resources in the world um could do anything in the world what would i do and after a long hard think i basically was like I think I would do this. <laughs> That's like I still want to do this. It's like it's like really, really pathetic. But I was like, I'm doing what I want to do. Like this is pretty much what I wanted to do all my life, and I've got I fought my ass to get here. This is just part of the roller coaster that you need to go through to do it. So I would say to those people who are stressing, thinking, is this what I want to do? Really, really reflect and think, is this really what you want to do? Because if it's not, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. Like we've learned that life is definitely too short. But if it's really, really what you want to do. Then you need to start thinking right this is a hot this is one of the lows of, of the highs and lows that is life of an entrepreneur um and then work out how to cut out those lows or at least make them a bit higher than they were um and you know go on but as soon as you realize that that is actually what you're meant to do there is no other path for you you just need to make this path right um and ride that wave and i think that's that's one of the things that i'd say <laughs> brilliant absolutely brilliant absolutely loved interviewing you our time is up uh, people will follow you, no doubt. The links will come in afterwards, uh, and they'll certainly follow your blog. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you, and all I can say is thank you very, very Likewise. much. For your time. Thank you. Okay. No problem. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. <laughs>